Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. We're so glad you tuned in today, and if you're in the area, come out and join us at our new home, located at 3035 Nicolette Street in Banning. If you are unable to attend, you can tune in on YouTube Live at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills, Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. And don't forget to join us for our worship on Instagram Live at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills, 30 minutes before the YouTube broadcasts. We would also like to encourage you to check out our website at calvarychapelsweethills.org where you can keep up on the current messages, ministries, and happenings at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills. Today our teaching is in the book of 2 Kings chapter 18. Here's Pastor Ryan. We need to be in the Lord. We need to be praying for obedience and listening to His voice, which I know no other way but by prayer and the study of His Word. And I never thought, but Christ convinced me that through Him, I will be completely different. No longer in bondage to the things of this world, the flesh, the sin, the wickedness. No more. And it's crazy when you give your life to the Lord how instantaneous you just have a desire for God and for living right. It just, it's a supernatural thing. So don't worry about how many times you failed. You failed because you were not in Christ. But if you are in Christ, he'll change you. He'll take that, those desires away. Satan will try to bring them back. Your flesh will, the world will. But boy, we can obey in Christ and say no to those things. Paul would say in Romans 6, 19, 16 through 19, Do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey? whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and, lawless, and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. Something changes supernaturally. Like that. Paul was on his way to kill Christians, and just like that, he's there to help Christians. Just like that. What was it? He was born again. So now, supernaturally, you wake up embracing being a slave to righteousness. Slaves just do what they're told, man. The Holy Spirit tells you to be righteous. And he checks thoughts and he checks actions and he checks a lot of our heart constantly. And it's supernatural. Trust me, just give them your life and it'll happen. Verse uh, 13, and in the 14th year of King Hezekiah, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came up against all the fortified cities of Judah and took them. 
Then Hezekiah king of Judah sent to the king of Assyria at Lachish, saying, I have done wrong. Turn away from me. Whatever you impose on me, I will pay. And the king of Assyria assessed Hezekiah, king of Judah, 300 talents of silver and 30 talents of gold. So Hezekiah gave him all the silver that was found in the house of the Lord and in the treasuries of the king's house. At that time, Hezekiah stripped the gold from the doors of the temple of the Lord and from the pillars which Hezekiah, king of Judah, had overlaid and gave it to the king of Assyria. That's a very sad section of scripture. Would you agree? Very sad. Thought Hezekiah was so down. He was. He was down. Hezekiah got shook up, shook up in his faith when the armies came. Lachish is in central Judah. It's a stronghold. It's a place where, where the Assyrians parked and were about to springboard into Jerusalem and take over. We don't read anywhere where Hezekiah prayed. We don't read anywhere. We just read he gets hit with this and his response to that sudden terror is to give in to fear and to placate his enemy. To give to the enemy what the enemy wanted. And there's a lot of lessons there for us today. This world, the devil, our flesh will try to come against us to catch us off guard. And we need to be ready with the word of God for whatever hits us in this world. And we are living at a time where strange things are happening. Very strange. We see corruption at the highest levels of our country. We see laws being tossed at us. We always knew they were going to come after the church, and they are. There's hypocrisy. There's lies. There's fear. There's condemnation. There's division. There's... There's a lot of lies and a lot of censorship of truth, of thought. It's nuts. Anything can happen here. And the Bible warns us as believers that it's up to us to do all that we need to do to stand. You cannot do it for someone else. They cannot do it for you. You have to decide every day whether you're going to be girded up in the word of God, girded up in prayer, so that no matter what comes into our life, no matter what the enemy throws at us, our first instinct isn't to placate them. Our first instinct isn't to give in to the world and their philosophies and their ways and their information. But as believers, we're testing all things, wise as serpents, gentle as doves, walking circumspectly, not as fools, redeeming the time because the days are evil, to know what's going on. How do we discern? Hebrews 5 tells us at the end of Hebrews 5, it's by way of use, having our senses exercised, praying, being in the Spirit, then we can discern what's good and what's, what's bad. What pastors are preaching truth, which ones are just entertaining goats. And it's the Word that'll help you. U-turn reminds me of Proverbs. That's the U-turn book, Proverbs. You guys still read them in the morning, right? In Proverbs 3, it talks about the benefit of, the, of knowledge of wisdom, knowledge and wisdom of God and His Word. 
It says in Proverbs 3, 24, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Proverbs 2, verse 17 through 19, incline your ear and hear the words of the wise and apply your heart to my knowledge, for it is a pleasant thing if you keep them within you. Let them all be fixed on your lips so that your trust may be in the Lord. I have instructed you today, even you. So what's the deal with Hezekiah? He did all of these reforms. He cleaned up the church. God used him to do mighty things. Everything he touched prospered. So why is this king coming against him, messing with him? Well, God tests the hearts. He doesn't tempt us, but he tests us. Oh, you prayed when you were down in the dumps very well. When you hit rock bottom, oh, you're scratching and swimming. And I'll do anything to get my life right. But there's a danger when God starts writing your wrong life. And it becomes so right. And so comfortable and so blessed. That perhaps you, we lose an edge of what we used to have in our prayer life, in our study life, in our devotions you know there's not as i think that's what happened to hezekiah we're not told here but if you read second chronicles chapter 29 30 31 if you read isaiah 36 and 37 hezekiah was a great man a godly man but he was so blessed that we're told that he it got to his head a little bit and it said this was scary to me it said he prayed, but not the way he used to pray. It's scary. I'm terrified of stopping to pray. I'm terrified of losing the passion to do what is necessary to guard my life. I am, if there's anything that I can share with you, I'm terrified of that. I see my body. I see the weakness in my own life. I, you know, we are to examine ourselves, whether we're in the faith. We see the weakness. We sense the weakness. We sense the pride, the arrogance. Paul said, who can help me from this body of death? I thank God. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. But when things begin to go right, there is that danger of taking your foot off the gas. There is. We've seen it happen. I've seen it. I've been walking with the Lord 21 years. I'm in the ministry. I've seen good men who started off very well lose faith. I'm in my, I'm in the, my, uh, the midlife, right? 45, is that midlife? I still think I can skateboard and stuff. Huh? I'll, I'll ride a tricycle. I'm 45. I'm a youngster. But I'm midlife. I want to end well. I want to live well. I want to have faith like I did at the beginning. I don't want to lose my first love. And I, guys, I know no other way than prayer. And we can pray all the time, which is good. We should pray when we walk. We should pray when we talk. We should pray no matter where we're at. Pray without ceasing. But our Lord spent time in solitude prayer. He did. When he ministered all night long at Peter's, mom, Peter's house, healed his mother-in-law. The next morning, the town's looking for him. He went to a solitude, solitary place to pray. God needs all of our faculty at times. 
Shut it all down. Put the phone away. Shut everything down. I don't want you doing anything. I want, I want you to hear your heartbeat. I want it to be so quiet. And don't leave until you're more like Jesus. For six years, our church had 30 people. I learned from pastors. My pastor taught me in the beginning, people want spiritual means, Ryan, but they're not willing to take spiritual means to achieve them. And the first time he taught me how to teach the word, it was when Jesus was baptized. And as he prayed and came up out of that water, the heavens were open. And the Holy Spirit came down as a dove, changed the whole world through prayer. So we at Sweet Hills, the Lord convicted my heart. Oh, see, oh, you like the mountains? How come you never go? Because <laughs> I'm afraid of mountain lions and rattlesnakes, of course. But, you know, really, you get to the point where you're so at the bottom, right? You'll do anything. And you just start hiking or go to Joshua Tree. We start putting that on the, on the schedule. I'm serious, because we don't spend the time that we need to. And everyone in this book that we respect spent that kind of time with the Lord. It's not like you got to do it every day. God hears you just as well at home. But there's something to be said about going to a secluded place, spend, spend an hour with the Lord. It'll just revolutionize your walk. And most of it was like me coming back from those sessions, realizing how much, how messed up I am. Basically, I spent two hours and, and Clarissa says, well, what did the Lord say to you? That I need to help you with the laundry. <laughs> Hey, but there was like five more people at church that Sunday. Because he's not playing games. We're either going to do spiritual means or we're not. Anyways, Hezekiah paid him off. And there's a lot to be said here. There's a lot here. It's a very long chapter. But anyhow, let me speed through it. Forgive me for doing so. 17, it says, Then the king of Assyria sent the Tartan, the Rapsaris, and the Rabshakeh, from Lachish with a great army against Jerusalem to King Hezekiah. And they went up and came to Jerusalem. And when they had come up, they went and stood by the aqueduct from the upper pool, which was on the highway to the fuller's field. And when they had called to the king, Elakim, the son of Hilkah, who was over the household, Shebna, the scribe, and Joah, the son of Asaph, the recorder, came out to them. And so he paid them off. But the king of Assyria wanted more. And that's just like Satan, for those of you who don't know. Oh, he promises you safety. He promises you peace and a good time. But then he robs you and comes to take more and more and more until he has your soul. And so these three captains came from Assyria with the armies. They came right up to Jerusalem. And so the king sent his three dudes out to him to talk to him. Then the Rabshakeh, from the Assyrian said to him, Say now to Hezekiah, thus says the great king, the king of Assyria, What confidence is this in which you trust? You speak of having plans and power for war, but they are mere words. And in whom do you trust that you rebel against me? Now look, you are trusting in the staff of this broken reed, Egypt, on which if a man leans, it will go into his hand and pierce it. So is Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to all who trust in him. So here's some more information of what's going on with Hezekiah. Assyria is cleaning house. They, they, they took out the Phoenicians, Philistia, Samaria, the northern kingdoms. And some of these countries were aligning themselves against Assyria. 
Phoenicia did, Egypt did, Hezekiah aligned himself with Egypt. For those of you who know the Bible at all, didn't God save them out of bondage, the Hebrews from Egypt? So why would you go to those who had your ancestors in bondage? Why would you go to them for help? That's, and I read today in my psalm reading, oh, how the mighty have fallen. Like, what are you doing going to the world for help? The help from man is useless. We're a people who trust in the Lord. And so for the enemies to point that out, like, why are you trusting in a bended reed? Egypt is nothing. You guys, are, you're trusting in that? And it's sad when the enemy points that out to the church. How the church is trusting in man. The church is trusting in man. You know, we, we got to be careful to seek the Lord first for our decision making. But if you say to me, we trust in the Lord our God, is it not he whose high places and whose altars Hezekiah has taken away and said to Judah and Jerusalem, you shall worship before this altar in Jerusalem? So what he did that was good, the Assyrians are, are mocking them, ridiculing him, don't say you trust in the Lord. You, you took down the high places of worship. No, but the high places of worship they were not to do. So Hezekiah did a good thing. Even the good thing that he did, the enemy is, is ridiculing that. Not understanding, twisting. Saying in no scripture, he quoted it to Jesus. But he twists it. He attacks what's good and wants us to do what's bad. He makes evil to be good and good to be evil. Now therefore I urge you, Give a pledge to my master, the king of Assyria, and I will give you 2,000 horses if you are able on your part to put riders on them. The pride, right? How then will you repel one captain of the least of my master's servants and put your trust in Egypt for chariots and horsemen? Have I now come up without the Lord against this place to destroy it? The Lord has said to me, go up against this land and destroy it. These guys are, are claiming that the Lord told them to come. We don't know if it's true or false. It's not impossible, but it's not probable. It just sounds like Satan to me. If you are the son of man, turn this stone, and this rock into bread. Same kind of stuff. Then Elakim, the son of Hilkah, Shebna, and Joah said to Rabshakeh, Please speak to your servants in Aramaic, for we understand it, and do not speak to us in the Hebrew, in the hearing of the people who are on the wall. So one of these uh, Jewish ambassadors, he asked them, can you speak to us not in Hebrew, but in Aramaic? Aramaic was the, the, the language there, the, the popular language, not in Jerusalem, but amongst the wealthy, amongst the highly educated, amongst the Assyrians, amongst the educated Jews. And so these three ambassadors would be that. He's saying, don't speak to us in Hebrew. Hebrew was a common language, and there's people watching. The Jews are watching up on the wall. Our people are watching. They didn't want their people to come under fear and threats. They didn't want the people to hear it. And there's a lesson in that, is there not? That, you know, moms, dads, grandma, grandpa, our fear is contagious. And we should silence it immediately. Fear is contagious and faith is contagious. We have to choose how we're going to live nowadays. My pastor is a man of faith, a crazy man of faith. So they wanted them to be quiet, lest they scare the people. If they want to not scare the people, let them pray as leaders. And tell these guys to take a hike. Do your worst, but we're praying and seeking the Lord. Do your worst. 
Today the world is riddled with fear, I'm telling you. I've seen people of faith become fearful because of family members telling them that they ought to be afraid. And I have one question to them. Are your family members born again, solid, Bible-believing and reading Christians? And a lot of times it's no. But they sure are leading those who are solid. The wisdom of God is first peaceable and willing to yield. Is what I am hearing and what you are telling me aligned with God's word? Is it peaceable and willing to yield to the whole of his word? So I must be at church. I must. You don't understand, mijo, mija. You don't understand, grandson, granddaughter. But I understand. So, then Rabbi Shaka, Rabbi whatever, stood up and called out with a loud voice in Hebrew and spoke, saying, Hear the word of the great king, the king of Assyria. Did he listen to him? No. Shaming him. Satan comes to bring shame, to embarrass, to cause fear, to cause doubt, to place in bondage. Thus says the king, do not let Hezekiah deceive you, for he shall not be able to deliver you from his hand, nor let Hezekiah make you trust in the Lord, saying the Lord will surely deliver us. This city shall not be given into the hand of of the king of Assyria. Do not listen to Hezekiah, for thus says the king of Assyria, make peace with me by a present and come out to me, and every one of you eat from his own vine, and every one of you his own fig tree, and every one of you drink the waters of his own cistern, until I come and take you away to a land like your own land, a land of grain and new wine and land, bread, vineyards, a land of olive groves and honey, that you may live and not die. This guy's saying, don't listen to God's man. Don't listen to Hezekiah tell you trust in the Lord. Don't listen. Isn't that what's going on in churches today? Isn't that what's going on in the world today? Don't listen to those pastors telling you. Don't listen to them. Chill and eat your own fig trees. Kick it at home and have your own lemonade. Chill. Until what? Till we come and take you to our land. The Lord will deliver us. Has any of the gods of the nations all delivered its land and its hand to the king of Assyria? Have you seen video of communist China? In their condos, in their apartments, they go downstairs and it is locked. And they cannot leave for quarantining. And at night, the lights are on and they're screaming from their balconies, the old people who have no food. They cannot go get food. They're not allowed to. So much is out in the open. There are people in this country who don't give two cents about our faith, about the word of God. Nothing has changed and things are going to get worse. And then he boasts. Has any of the gods of the nations at all delivered its land from the hand of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamath and Arpad? Where are the gods of... They're just basically naming the gods of these nations that they conquered. Where their gods didn't help them, but they were false gods. Indeed, have they delivered Samaria from my hand? Who among all the gods of the land have delivered their countries from my hand? That the Lord should deliver Jerusalem from my hand. But the people held their peace and answered him not a word, for the king's commandment was, do not answer him. Then Alakim, the son of Hilkah, who was over the household, Shebna the scribe, and Joah, the son of Asaph, the recorder, came in to Hezekiah with their clothes torn and told him the words of rapture. So they tore their clothes and walked back weeping, guys, and crying out to God. And it says here, and so it was when King Hezekiah 
heard it, that he tore his clothes, covered himself with sackcloth, and went into the house of the Lord. This is what Hezekiah should have, when we read back in 18 where it says that, you know, now it came to pass in the fourth year Hezekiah, which the, the king came against him, we should read right there that Hezekiah tore his clothes. Hezekiah got on his face and began to pray. Hezekiah sent messengers to get Isaiah the prophet so he can join him in prayer. That's how we handle business. That's how, that's a lesson. Don't, we cannot get so busy. We cannot become so spiritual that we don't first pray and seek the Lord. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio with the Bible teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein. If you're in the area, come out and join us at our new location at 3035 Nicolette Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube Live at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills, Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. If you would like more information or would like to send a gift to the ministry, check out our website at calvarychapelsweethills.org or you can call us at 951 951- 572-2309. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Cherubim, above-